0: Do you have a doppelganger or maybe I should ask, do you believe you have a doppelganger? Now, for most of us, that's come to mean that we think there's someone out there who looks like us, but actually there's a lot of folk history about believing in doppelgangers. And our next guest has a podcast called Fabulous Folklore. Her name is Icy Cedric, also a folklore writer. Icy, thank you so much for being here.
1: It's my absolute pleasure. So what do you
0: define as a doppelganger? What is that?
1: It's a funny one because so many different cultures have different meanings for what they think a doppelganger is, but it generally seems to be almost like a duplicate of you. So it's where you might encounter yourself or someone might encounter you, but it's not actually you, if that makes sense. It's kind of like someone's photocopied you. Okay, so is it has we come to make
0: it seem like it means, oh, there's somebody out there who looks like us, but it actually has deeper meaning than that from what you're saying?
1: Yeah, because I mean, I think everybody will always come across someone who like legitimately looks like somebody that they know, and you can be like, "Hang on, oh my god, that's that's quite creepy." But I think in this case, it tends to be that if you were to see somebody else's doppelganger, generally the meaning ascribed to that in a lot of folklore is that something's happened to that person, and you've seen them at like a point where they're in peril. Of whatever that might be. And it doesn't always necessarily have to mean the worst. It can just be that something has happened to them, but then you find out about it later through talking to them. But then if you see your own, it's nearly always believed to be some kind of portent of doom. Although again, not always. So it's one of those things, there's no kind of cut and dried answer as to whether it definitely means something bad or if it's just going to be really, really freaky. <laughs> I'm going with the freaky. So is it
0: <laughs> is how far back in
1: history does it go? Oh, I mean, you get examples of it right back to legends around Elizabeth the First, and yeah, I suppose really it depends on where you take the records from, because I mean, there's legends around people actually creating doubles, if that makes sense, through like where the birth of painting and sculpture come from. So I think that there's been an interest in by humans in sort of doppelgangers whether that's literal doppelgangers or just the shadow or the reflection for absolute centuries but the folklore itself there's a lot of it in the 19th century but that's clearly just because that's when people were actually starting to write this down so i do think the fact it goes back to at least elizabeth the first does show that there has been an interest in it for at least a, a good few centuries so far
0: do other cultures also have something that means something
1: similar Oh, absolutely. You find it in places like the Pacific Islands. There's places in South America. Uh, I would hazard a guess probably most cultures have some kind of feeling around whether a doppelganger is a good or a bad omen just because of the fact it's so unusual. And you tend to find that if something's out of the ordinary in some way, then that's the thing that gets folklore attached to it. So
0: then where what is the history of this then I see? So is it that seeing yourself somewhere might be a bad omen? I understand like this happened with Abraham Lincoln.
1: Yes, he, he apparently had a dream. So his his Doppelganger appeared in in a prophetic dream where I think he he dreamed he saw himself like shown twice in a mirror and one of the reflections was a lot paler than the other and um, his wife took that to be an indication that something bad was going to happen to him. And, of course, obviously it did. So it, it, I think these kind of stories, because, again, it's something out of the ordinary, you do sort of think, how many times do we actually encounter doppelgangers and just not notice, but the times that we do notice it's because something has then happened is obviously, I suppose, the sceptical way of looking at it. But I, I think the... Biggest survey of them that I've come across was Otto Rank wrote a whole book about the double in 1925 and he saw the double appearing in in folklore before it kind of appears in literature and then it's kind of, because it appears in literature, it then kind of enters pop culture and sort of mainstream consciousness at that point Hmm. and then it becomes a much more widely, not accepted, but uh, people are aware of it more.
0: Now, was it something that perhaps was more commonly held or commonly believed like prior to photography becoming really common, like maybe back then it was just more
1: rare to see your picture. It's certainly possible. And I think when you sort of consider that even mirrors would be expensive to a lot of people. And obviously there's lots of different cultural ideas um, that you get right across the board as well about things like covering your mirror during a funeral uh, or like, you know, when you've got the body sort of like lying, um, not lying in state, but, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're being right, laid the, out the wake in the house that they and, have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, before you take them to the cemetery. And quite a few cultures have a belief, and you even see this in, in sort of like just quite secular folklore as well, about covering the mirrors so that the person's soul doesn't get trapped in them. So there's this idea that almost the soul then kind of becomes the doppelganger, and you don't want people to kind of, you want, you want them to go wherever it is that they're supposed to go not get stuck um here so I think it is quite interesting that you do then also get the beliefs that people had around photography almost being this uncanny science as well until I suppose you know people's repeated exposure to it you would eventually accept photography was just you know Mm -hmm. another form of art really um, but I, I, I do think it's quite interesting that you you sort of have this, a lot of belief in the doppelganger in the 19th century, right around the time when you start having the likes of post-mortem photography and things like that. So, so the meaning has evolved. Yeah, and I think that's the trouble with these things. You try and put your finger on it and say, oh, this is what that is. And then you're like, oh, no, but wait, there's this example where that doesn't quite work. And then, it, yeah, you, eventually you just have to accept the things as they are really...
0: It must be fascinating that you can find something like a doppelganger in the work that you do, I see, and then you can find something similar in cultures all around the world.
1: Yeah, and it does often make you wonder, particularly when you look at the really old records, and you think, well, this is probably sort of prior to a lot of contact between these different cultures. So for people to have come to very similar ideas mm-hmm. almost independently you do then wonder if Jung was actually right and there's something in the idea of the collective unconscious or if there's just something in the way that humans process information that we all kind of ultimately came to the same conclusion albeit without kind of comparing notes as it were so it it, it does always fascinate me and then you get the slightly like regional versions which are slightly different because they depend on maybe the the context or like there's one of the beliefs about um warriors in 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 certain sort of territories would try and attack each other sort of when the shadow was its weakest so like at noon Mm -hmm. because your shadow is an indication of your strength well that wouldn't really work somewhere like the equator so you then have to be in the right part of the world to have a shadow that changes length so it is quite funny how you then get local uh, variations as well so interesting i see thank you for joining us It's absolutely my pleasure It's Icy
0: Sedgwick, folklore writer and host of the Fabulous Folklore podcast, covering some really fascinating stuff.